maximize your influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 141 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I've got Kurt Mortensen here with me, locked and loaded for another great show. As always, a reminder to follow us on Twitter at InfluenceMax or like us on Facebook. Kurt, how'd the weekend go? Did you take the boat out? Did a little boating, got a little sun, a little barbecue. It was quick and fast. I spent uh, the most of the week in California doing some trainings down there in San Jose and then Los Angeles, but back feeling good, enjoying the sunshine. How about you? I was training out in Houston over the weekend, and that place is wet. It's practically underwater right now. Yeah, didn't it get flooded while you're there? Yeah, they've got these signs on the freeway. If you're cruising down the freeway, it says, if you see water, turn around, don't drown. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) ominous. Yeah, do you have to tell people that? I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, a safety tip for all our listeners. Yeah. If you see water, turn around, don't drown. A whole new trend in the real estate market emerging down there. If you want to flip properties, it's you've got flood homes now. These yeah. properties, they're now in the FEMA database as flood zones. And what's the opportunity? And I don't know. We're still scratching our heads trying to figure it out. So Man. fun weekend in Houston. And like you, plenty of barbecue. Yeah, it was good. A lot of fun. Yep, that's right. Well, special treat for the listeners today, everybody. Are you ready? We have a guest, and we're excited to have him. His name is Wes Schaefer. He's on the line. Wes is the owner and founder of the saleswhisperer.com. He helps professional salespeople, sales managers, business owners, and entrepreneurs find the exact tools and programs they need to grow. Wes believes that anyone can be great at generating inbound sales, which we all love, of course, and that you were born to grow. He's a U.S. Air Force veteran. Currently lives in Murrieta, California with his wife and seven kids. Way to go, Wes. How you doing? Woo! Welcome to the show. Seven Woo! kids. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. You're busier yeah, than you we like are. That. You say that from a distance. I notice you haven't been to my house at feeding time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that you call it feeding time. <laughs> you do you have the, one of the bells that you ring to bring everyone to dinner? Oh, we don't have to do that. They're always just circling. It's like vultures, man. It's like, oh, yeah? Get in here and learn how to cook if you're hungry. They just sense the food's ready, and they just swore, right? You just hear their stomachs grumble. When seven kids have uh, grumbling stomachs, you hear it, and you know it's like time to get up and go ahead and defrost something. (laughs) Have you had to install a trough instead of a kitchen table? Is that what you do? We do have this. It's almost like a picnic bench as our table in the house, and um, so we can just slide things all the way down. So it's kind of like a trough. (laughs) It's all about efficiency and practicality when you're feeding seven. Oh, my gosh. Well, I wish it was only seven because, you know, they always have a friend over. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's we'll have 12 to 15 people in the house at any given time. Well, you're in the Air Force. You can run it like the mess hall. Just make oh, it yeah. efficient. That's great. <laughs> well, cool. We've been checking things out on your site. Really like what we see so far. I wanted to ask you, Wes, so tell me about sales whisperer why why that name oh man you know i was uh september 1st uh 2006 i was watching the dog whisperer and uh he said that he rehabilitates dogs and trains the owners and i had my laptop on my lap i went to GoDaddy because the name hit me it's like you know i do that with sales i rehabilitate the salespeople who have been yelled at and misled 
and I train the sales managers how to be good leaders, how to be good sales managers. And, um, and I tell you, 10 days later, somebody emailed me and asked me if I would sell that domain name. <laughs> so, you know, domain names are cheap. So go ahead and, uh, and buy them up when you have an idea. Yeah, that's great. Especially when you know someone wants it, you're on the right track. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. Let me, every week, one of the things we do is we have the sales blunder of the week. <laughs> we have a little Homer Simpson uh, sound and don't, don't, don't. I want to ask you, because you see out there with salespeople and we love salespeople and entrepreneurs and those that persuade and influence for a living. And one of the things you mentioned is that you don't have to be a pushy, sleazy jerk to make a lot of sales. So what do you mean by that? And what is the worst blunder or blunders that you've ever seen in the world of sales? Oh, man. There's several schools of thought out there. And just last week, I saw somebody resharing the uh, Alec Baldwin scene from Glenn, uh, Gary Glenn Ross, right? A, oh, yeah. B, C, always be closing. And <laughs> that just, that doesn't cut it anymore. You know, you can't be pushing people around, especially with social media. Word will get out. That's a, what, a 20-year-old movie uh, written by somebody that was probably in sales 20 years before that and taught by people who had sold 20 years before that. Nobody likes that, that cheesy, pushy sales guy. I think it was David Ogilvy that said years ago, you know, he says, the consumer is not a moron. She is your wife. <laughs> right? Want you, so true. I want you to get in that mindset. It's like they may not know something. You know, there's a difference between ignorance and stupidity. I don't know how to rebuild a transmission. I'm not stupid. I'm just ignorant of the process. That does not make me a moron. So if you want to sell me a transmission, educate me. Okay? I'm not a dummy. I just don't know what you know about transmissions. And again, especially nowadays, many times the consumer can be better educated than you on one particular product. Okay? Because you know, a lot of companies will sell a bunch of different things. And you may be good overall in the industry and know most of your products, but a really motivated prospect is researching, they created spreadsheets, you know, they're adding and subtracting everything, and they may very well know more than you. But the role now of the salesperson is to really engage that prospect, ask them good questions, because they may know more about that product because they've researched, but they may not know the questions that they're not even asking and should be asking. And that's where the salesperson comes in. So you just, you can't just act like you know what you're doing and just bum rush them right? You've got to engage. And, you know, and I see mistakes all the time. I'm dealing with it. You know, talk about great sales blunders. I'm dealing with one right now. Part of it was my fault because I had a, a prospect came to me. They needed some work done. And I was just full up at the time. And I said, hey, I'm working with this other guy. He's doing some work for me, actually. You know, I've outsourced some to him. Can he take over, right? So he, he took on the project and I should have just direct billed it myself. But he, I let him direct bill it and pay me a referral fee which he didn't pay. And then after 90 days, he dropped the ball and messed up. Uh, and this was a sizable contract. And now they're coming back to me saying, hey, this guy is not working out. Can you, can you pick up where he left off? And I'm like, I've grown my team since then. We cleared off a couple of projects. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it back. You know, so that was a potentially disastrous for me, you know, for uh, referring the wrong guy, uh, helping uh, and messing up. Uh, a very large client with a very large project and a huge opportunity. So I'm living through and, and fortunately I'm recovering from uh, a potentially huge disaster <laughs> right here, live on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good for everyone to know. We all make mistakes. We all have to lick our wounds. 
We've all made these little blunders, but we learn from them, we grow from them, we move on. And in fact, if you handle the right way, people actually trust you more and like you more because you've made it right. And that's a big key that makes a huge difference when you're working with prospects and people out there in the business world. Yeah, don't don't hide from your mistakes. You know, my, um, my first job in high tech was back in 2000. And literally the very first thing I had to do, they had a recall on the product. And they're like, here's your list of clients in your territory. Reach out to all of them. Let them know their stuff is defective, and they got to send it back in. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, you know the thing you bought well. But, you know, they handled it well. Right? They had loaners, you know, so it was like, hey, you can ship it in, and we'll ship it back. Or if you need a loaner, we'll get you a loaner, and then you ship in the bad module. And, and you know, there were a couple of people that were mad, but most were like, hey, that's thanks for handling it. And, uh, and it was a smooth transition, and, you know, it, we grew from there. Well, that's good. You got to love it. Wes comes on the show and, like a man, nominates himself for the blunder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Wes, we're checking out some of your information, and you've got this ABCDE sales system. Right. What can you tell us about that? It's an acronym I made up because uh, I'm not a smart man. I need it to be simple, I need it to be memorable. It's not A to the B raised to the C with the square root of D. You know, uh, take the uh, the integral of E, it's just A, B, C, D. And it's the entire process for any business, any entrepreneur, and it's attract, bond, convert, deliver, and endear. And what I want everyone to notice in that is all of those words are verbs, right? They're action. You need to use that type of phraseology in all of your marketing and your headlines. The key there is to notice that the conversion, the cash, the close, is only the halfway point, okay? You still have to deliver and create that wow experience, and then you have to endear yourself to them. That gets people singing your praises, writing five-star reviews on Yelp, taking Instagram photos, right? Sharing your podcast and Facebook page, and that's what brings back to the attract, right? Though By taking care of people, the attraction starts to become passive, right? And that, that true word of mouth. So you're always attracting people, not only to your website or your place of business, those are just window shoppers. You then have to attract them to opt in somehow, give you their contact info. Are you a restaurant? Do you have a birthday, free burrito on your birthday kind of thing, free dessert, free drink? You have a frequent visitors club, something to get their info. Then you can bond with them. And that better be multimedia, multi-step, okay? Don't rely on just an email. Don't rely on just a text message. Get their address. Send them a postcard. Send them a letter. Find them on Twitter. Follow them. Create a list of, of people that are on your email list, and, and you find them on Twitter, and then you can reach out to that list. Hey, it's happy hour. Or, hey, somebody canceled you know, my massage. If you can get here in 30 minutes, a half-off massage. And so things like that, but multimedia, you can build that bond. And then it makes the, the clothes easier, the conversion, right? And then it just continues on. So you have to think of, of the selling process as a process. And sales and marketing are just two sides of the same coin. That's good info. Yeah, that is great info. In fact, it's interesting you mentioned the word bond, and I think that's really important. We've talked about that on the show. And as I was doing research for Persuasion IQ. It's interesting as you monitor the sales process that when People like you and trust you. You have an 80% chance of selling them. And you mentioned the word bond. You also mentioned on your website that you believe in making these deep human connections, which we all agree with. But 
what are a few takeaways, important things that our listeners can do to connect better, to bond better with people? Because this is a people business and they don't like you. It's very difficult to sell somebody. Yeah. The biggest thing is don't force it. Great salespeople have empathy. Okay. And empathy is you can see things from their perspective. You can walk a mile in their shoes. And then you just simply convey that. Let them know that you know where they're coming from. And you do that by studying and getting out in the field, seeing them install your software or use your product and understand where it's really strong, where it's really weak. Don't hide from the weaknesses and make sure that people truly understand uh, the strength of your opportunity, of, of your offering. Don't play games, right? Be transparent. Uh, and the other thing is, and it sounds almost like contradictory where I say, you know, the consumer is not a moron, she is your wife. Don't overestimate the knowledge and experience of your consumers with your product. And so by that, I mean, dig down into the smallest little nuances of your product uh, and explain them all. Okay. Too many times people think that they have to explain the whole thing in, in, in 30 seconds and you're going to lose people. If you have software, show them exactly where to log in, show them where to change their password, where to create their signature and in their profile, go through each of the baby steps as you go through the process. Uh, so you don't overwhelm somebody, right? I mean, it's just like golf, right? Oh, here it is. You grab this club, you swing really hard, you hit the ball and you put it in the hole. Okay, people, they, they can't even, they literally can't hit the ball and it's sitting still. And they're like, why can't I hit a ball sitting still? Now, well, let's look at your stance. Let's look at your grip. Let's look at your posture. Let's look at your takeaway. I mean, all these little things, right? You got to explain each and every component of it to help them. Take the time to dive into the nuances. Those are great points. I hope everyone caught that, especially when you said, don't hide from your weaknesses. And when we've seen it out there, when you can reveal a weakness just something minor people actually like you and trust you more you're more believable that yeah this is happening this is what's going on and being open the empathy is very important great points great points yeah that empathy thing is so key i, I like that you said that wes because we could have empathy and, and the best way to show the prospect that we have it is like you said we actually have to have it <laughs> take the time uh -huh. to learn take the time to learn about the prospect and understand that because that gets picked up by them they know if you really have it or not, or if you're faking it. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? You said on your website that you believe that every one of us has an inner child that wants to play practical jokes and make people laugh. That kind of thing gets our attention here on the show. We want to know, if you can think of it, what's one of the best practical jokes that you've done or that you've had done to you? Oh, practical jokes. Man, that is putting me on the spot. I mean, my so my 11-year-old daughter, I always scare the bejesus out of her. <laughs> uh, That's a father's right. Yes. I think oh. every father has to do that. Do we all enjoy you're that? <laughs> you're responsible to do that. I, yeah, you don't have a choice. I do get them all, but, but Mary Claire, I don't know, she and I have a little bond and we get each other. And she hasn't really gotten me yet. At least I haven't admitted it. But like just yesterday, we have a second fridge out in the garage and, and I walked out there and she was walking out. She was getting some butter. They're making cookies. So I went right back in the door and I stood right there and I hunched over. So I was right at face level. And what I always do to her is I just yell really loud. I go, Mary Claire. 
good job. She came walking in. <laughs> I'm right in her face. And she's just daydreaming, looking down. And I'm just like, Mary Claire, <laughs> you know, good job getting the butter. And <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she walked around breathing heavy for about five minutes. She's like, that's just not right. Dad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was a good one. Uh, so we do that all the time. I don't know, man. I was in the Air Force. We did all kind of stuff. And I shared some pictures a couple years ago. I was cleaning out my box. Uh, memorabilia. I guess it was a practical joke. I was just mouthy and probably a little inebriated at a, at a <laughs> squadron party. And I got duct taped uh, to the footrest of the bar. That, that took a while to get out of. So that's one that comes to mind. Now, you didn't know that you had been duct taped until you got up to leave? Uh, no, I knew I was, I fought them. There's about 30 of them. And (laughs) I was doomed from the beginning. Yeah. You're getting duct tape. That's what you get for being mouthy and inebriated at the same time. (laughs) Well, that's good stuff. That's a pretty good on the spot answer. Wouldn't you agree, Kurt? Yeah, that works. I mean, it's all about having fun, practical jokes. Your prospect appreciates your humor, and it reminds me of that time where we shrunk wrapped that person. We won't name names that guy's desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stapler, <laughs> the pens. He didn't take it so well, but we had a lot of <laughs> yeah. had a good laugh. And that makes a big difference. The humor, having fun, you're right on. I mean, life's too short, number one. Everyone likes to laugh. Prospect likes you more. So practical jokes and laugh this week. That's what we want to do in your to-do list. Just make it happen. So good information. We love that. So Wes, any final takeaways where you want our listeners to go for more information? Man, man, they can find everything they ever need in life (laughs) at thesaleswhisperer.com. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's all selling. So if you want to add a salad instead of fries to your meal and you don't want to pay the $1.99 upcharge, learn how to sell. If you want to get more dates, learn how to sell. You want to make more money? You want to get a pay raise? You want to get promoted? Learn how to sell. So I'm telling you, it is not hyperbole to say everything you want in life can be found at thesaleswhisperer.com. Think about how much money you've lost with your inability to sell, what you could do, what you can change. So... What is that one last thing you want to tell the listeners that we haven't talked about that'll make a big difference in their ability to persuade, influence, negotiate, or even sell? Talk less, listen more. And you do that by asking better questions. Well said. Well said. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wes, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll be sure to post your website on the blog so listeners can learn more. And as you say, it's not hyperbole, everything they need in life at thesaleswhisperer.com. Thanks again. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Okay. So that's the interview with Wes Schaefer. Great having him on the show. Nice guy. Fun to talk to. Kurt, what did you think about what uh, Wes had to say? Great info. We've said it before. We all sell for a living. So important. It doesn't matter. Parent, teachers, leaders, managers, we all sell. Sell our ideas, sell our concepts, sell our children. It's so important that we learn these skills. And I love that he brought up empathy and connecting and having that bond because a lot of times we assume that people like us. And they don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've got to have it there. And it changes the dynamic, right? We've all had that happen to us where a salesperson approaches us and your blood pressure goes up. You get defensive. This guy's coming after me. I got to make him go away, but not make it too awkward in the process, right? And when all of a sudden, for whatever reason, you feel like that salesperson empathizes with you, that they understand what your issues are, what your problems may be, that becomes a completely different conversation, doesn't it? 
It does. And a lot of people think they have it. They might have a little sympathy, but empathy is a kind of a step higher. Yeah. I mean, you're really in your shoes. And I love what Daniel Goleman said. He's the kind of behind the emotional intelligence movement and the books that he's written on EQ. He says, if you can't have empathy and have effective relationships, then no matter how smart you are, you're not going very far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the research shows to be a leader, to be influential, empathy and trustworthiness are the best predictors of, of leadership and influence. So back to they like you, they trust you, they have that empathy, and you're sensitive towards people. You can create that emotional bond. They respond to you. You can give them individualized attention. All those things we've heard about that people, oh, yeah, you heard that before. No, no, these are the tools. This is the most important, and no one – we pray no one has arrived in their people skills, their ability to build empathy. We're always building it. We're working on it. We're making it grow. If you think you've arrived, then whoo, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. I think that at some level, that's why doctors, physicians, and everybody in that profession are some of the most successful when it comes to trust and, and how their business is set up because the nature of what they're doing inspires empathy. Right, Because you go in there expecting to have to talk to the doctor and tell them what's wrong. And they're very thorough. They make sure they understand everything. And that's why they have this setup that most salespeople would kill for. Right, Kind of like Wes was saying, he's all about the inbound sales. I mean, is there anybody better at inbound sales than a doctor? <laughs> right? People call, <laughs> so when can I get in, please? Can you get me in by this time? And they just do what he says. And I think that it's partially because of the dynamic. But... As a salesperson, if you can create an atmosphere where, where empathy is there, you can get a similar result where you've just got lots and lots of inbound sales. And they are the best. They are the best. Very little resistance. Let's like the doctor example. They might even ask the price. They're just coming in. They're going to treat you like the expert. And it makes a huge difference. So just that concept of empathy. You're not sympathy. Sympathy is, oh, sorry, your cat died versus empathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're really really feeling it. You're showing unconditional acceptance. People want to open up. They want to be influenced by you. They want to talk to you. And when that happens, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade and influence them. If you just take the time to listen, like Wes mentioned, to build the empathy and the bond, then life is easier and your bank account is much larger. Yeah. Yeah. Wes mentioned one of my favorite movie clips all time, that Alec Baldwin (laughs) clip in in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which we ought to put that on the blog with, with a warning uh, to keep the volume low. It's a little bit profane. But the, the funny thing about that was it's 20 years ago being taught by guys who learned 20 years before that who were taught by guys 20 years before that. And that's how old school it is. And I thought he made a very good point that what is replacing that now is education. You have to educate the prospect. You have to teach them about what's going on because they ask these questions that, you know, let's be honest, if you're in sales, you get tired of the same questions over and over. And you start to go, oh my gosh, these stupid questions. But every one of those prospects is a new and individual person. And they're not stupid. They're ignorant. And we don't mean that in a bad way. They just don't know. And if you can sincerely educate and prove value through that, I think that's a pretty big step towards empathy. It's a big step. And just being aware is also a big step that, hey, I can work on this. I can improve on this. Men can do it just like women. I mean, women are better just naturally, but we could work on this and just show people you care. Once you care, again, life's easier, influence is easier, sales are easier. That's right. That's right. Well, that's about all we've got to say for this week, for once. You know, we let Wes do most of the talking today. I kind of like Yeah, that was idea. great. <laughs> all right, everybody. As usual, you know where to find us. 
Tweet at us at InfluenceMax, like us on Facebook. You can send us nominations for ninjas or blunders or anything like that. And you know, you can nominate us for blunders and ninjas too. We're, we're not immune to that stuff. So send that stuff to MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. And any questions you have too that you'd like us to answer live on the show, happy to do it and happy to give you our two cents, which we have been known to give anyway. <laughs> so it might as well apply to you personally. <laughs> so true. We appreciate you listening. Remember, you can go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com to hear more podcasts. And if you want additional training, go to UniversityOfPersuasion.com. As always, Thanks for being here and go out and persuade with power. Thanks, everyone.